You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Business of the Music Business Podcast. I'm Pam Rossi. Well, you can play an instrument, you can sing. Now what do you do? Well, to be a successful musician, you need to know the business side of your craft. If you don't, it's just a hobby. Well, good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to another edition. Uh, and uh, this time around, as I do each week, discuss the business part of uh, being a musician or a creative. And I have a special guest in today. Hi, Drew Schultz. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Pam. Oh, thank you for coming and uh, being on the show. Do appreciate that. Uh, you are with Dime. Um, mm-hmm. Detroit Institute of Music, Musical Education. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a great place for people to learn about the business. So, um, I love it. I love it. So, how long have you been uh, at Dime? Yeah, I've been at Dime um, since before they opened. Actually, oh. I was auditioning students and helping them get up and running, and it's been it's been a dream. We are, I think, in our fifth year right now. Yeah, I should know off the top of my head, but. <laughs> Yeah, That's I think okay. it's been five years, I think. Yeah, yeah. going strong from what I understand and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, doing well. So, And it's a good testament that there are so many people out there that really need the other side of the business, you know, whatever they do. do you, and do you do more with uh, – or is it all musicians or other creatives as well? Yeah, so Dime, it is a bachelor's degree program. Okay. Uh, it's delivered through Metropolitan State University of Denver and there's a Dime Detroit and Dime Denver mm-hmm. as well as Dime Online for students both nationally and internationally. Okay. And they do degree programs in performance for drums, bass, guitar, and vocals as well as songwriting and um, music industry studies, so the business specifically. Yeah all through the lens of the contemporary music industry as opposed to the traditional college outlets, which tend to be more classical or jazz. True. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there is a need for this. So, oh, yeah. yeah so good. Yeah. Well, you have um, – and you teach different things, correct? Correct. Yep. I'm okay. also uh, the educational program manager at the Motown Museum as well. Oh. Yep. And um, cool. teach privately. So, yeah, all over the place. <laughs> Are you a musician by by chance? Are you I yourself? am. Yep. I'm a drummer, percussionist, uh, producer, songwriter. I've worked with Aretha Franklin and The Four Tops, Temptations, cool. Stevie Wonder, a, a lot of the Motown wow. artists has really been my – Oh. My bread and butter. Wow. Yeah. That's really special. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, uh, as I said, you do a lot of different things that you, you know, specialize in and, you know, and teach and help the students with. But today we're going to focus on one particular thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we can always have you back and talk about another one if you if you so. <laughs> hey, in. just let me know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but today we're going to touch on uh, and delve into the EPK. Mm-hmm. Electronic press kit, mm-hmm. which most musicians should know what EPK is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as you mentioned in the intro, you know, so you're playing, you're singing. Well, what comes next? Naturally, what most people want to do is record, release, gig, tour, promote, market. And, oh, yeah. And this is really the the first step towards a lot of that. All right. Well, let's back up then. So why don't we, you know, delve into exactly what an EPK, EPK is and, you know, the whole purpose of why uh, you should have this. Yeah. I mean, it, it started back – I mean, the recording industry itself is relatively new. I think that the first terrestrial radio station to reach – a national audience more than a local audience was only in the 20s or the, mm. the early 19 teens. Okay. So the recording industry as a national marketplace is just about 100 years old. Um, and so press kits really existed for exactly what it sounds like. It was a folder with a picture, with a bio, with a write-up of what the artist um, 
what their story was, their backstory, what they're working on, where they're going in their career. Um, and then a lot of the times it was management or record label contact information as well as um, potentially packaged with demo recordings or DJ pressings of recordings to be played on the radio or to be examples for booking uh, live show purposes. Okay. And so these are literal folders. Like if you go on eBay right now and just type in artist press kit, you can find oh, really? artist press kits from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even through the 90s. But with <laughs> the advent of the internet, naturally, the next step was the electronic press kit. Right. So, so it's really just the same idea of the one place one location folder of all of this information to be handed to fill in the blank mm -hmm. whether it's uh, a record label a booking agency a uh, venue itself a radio dj it's the electronic version right. of that yeah um so so now you have this interesting that you can go back and find old ones i bet there's some good information in those oh that yeah you can learn from oh yeah and people pay a lot of money for them too <laughs> really? sometimes like um I believe it's Brad Hales down uh, downtown who owns People's Records. They have a whole fol like folder of press photos from EPKs of oh, all fun. these artists, and you know, it's just I, I I'm such a music nerd. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can tell, yeah. We're obviously not on camera. We are just you know audio here, but you can get this. <laughs> Drew has this big grin on his face. You can just tell he's passionate about. I, this. I always <laughs> joke with people. I say I'm a professional music nerd, and whatever whatever job stems from that is what I do. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. cool, awesome. All right, so uh, so obviously, yeah, you know, before the internet and all that, you needed a physical thing to hand mm -hmm. people, which must have been crazy to get it to these people. I can't imagine how expensive it must have been. Yes. Yes. And and I mean, I'm sorry, like I said, this this music business podcast could be seven different episodes, <laughs> but with the advent of the independent music scene and the do-it-yourself DIY scene of people making music at their home studios, on their laptops, on yes. their cell phones, and technology has gotten to such a place where you can create an amazing recording on a phone. Yes. And so it used to be that the record label, you needed the record label because they would put the money into creating the press kit, sending it out to all of these people, mm -hmm. getting the word out, marketing, promoting, buying radio ads, buying billboards and magazine advertisements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's just like hit a button on the internet, yeah. do it yourself. <laughs> you know, it's a totally different world. But the press kit is still definitely a necessary concept even if the concept has evolved um, even beyond the initial use of EPK because mm -hmm. I, I EPK was really something that in the 90s it became like a one-stop shop where the EPK had the bio, the photo, the example of the recording by the artist or maybe a, a short video of them on stage, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this was even before social media. And so now essentially people's social media presence or if they have their own website, this is their EPK. OK. You know, your social media band page is your EPK now. And I was going to get to that. Yeah. I was going to find out, you know, it's a, you know, that's a good question. You know, sometimes people don't always have a website, for example, a musician, mm -hmm. especially, you know, a solo artist. You know, they mm -hmm. just sometimes, you know, there's. 
you know, give and take, you know, what I need or what can I get away with or not get away. And some, and so I was thinking, well, what have, what happens if someone does not have a website? And, you know, cause that's where you would find your EPK, but you're saying now that social media, uh, is just as good to put it on that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, I, I mean, the, the end all be all of, the EPK is the one-stop shop. That's really what it is. And so as a new artist, if you can't necessarily afford to buy a domain name mm-hmm. and to to run a server that hosts a specific amount of visual content, audio content, graphic content, whatever it may be, as long as you're conscious of building that profile with the aim of having all the things we talked about, photo, bio, um, demonstrations of the art itself, uh-huh. contact information, um, and these days even tour dates, you know, current gigs and photos and documents of previous gigs because people who are booking want to see what you've done so far. Oh, right. Um, right. That makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, you're going to – how do they know – they learn, especially if it's a new artist, how do they know what you can do or not do? And if you're not touring, that tells them, well, you're not really doing your job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, just a different wild west world because even touring, it used to be that you had to tour to get the world, word out there about your music. But if you look at um, someone like Lil Nas X, who has that song Old Town Road right now, mm-hmm. that song has been number one on multiple charts for, it's got to be like two months straight now, and but not he's, he's and not touring. Toured. Yeah, he's. Not, I mean, I think he is now. He's doing big, big stuff, but he blew up because it was a viral video on the TikTok mm. social media platform, and it was just like people can blow up and be massive superstars without ever performing a live show in front of a crowd. Now it, it's just it's a whole different world. That's just um, amazing. But still, you want to have that one stop shop for all of this information, and so I think that. If you want to break it into the, the the individual aspects as a new artist, that's probably a good way to start. So okay. if, we, if we start with those photos and we say, well, what constitutes a quote-unquote good photo mm-hmm. of the band? Okay. And a lot of times that depends on genre. It depends on, on the branding image that you want. When I speak to kids, to young kids about what branding means, I, I recently have been using John Legend and Elton John as two very different artist images, even though both of them are piano player, uh-huh. singer, songwriters. Um, you know, they play the same instrument, sing songs, write songs. But, you know, John Legend is often in suit and tie, very professional, very classy, very, um, um, I don't know, just a very different style than Elton John, who's flash and flamboyance right. and, and, um, is part of his artistic yes, persona the, just as much as the professionalism is part of John Legend's persona. So, so comparing those two for the kids, you can say this is your branding. See the difference. In exactly. This. Yeah, e- even though from a musical standpoint, if you just close your eyes and hear what they do, they both play piano and mm-hmm. sing. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. But they're totally different artists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the photo to show, you know, for example, the flashy or whatever for Elton, that's his branding. So the photo should imitate what you're trying to get across. Yeah. I mean, so we're in a podcast medium, um, and so for those who can't see me, first of all, you should be thankful. Um, <laughs> no, so, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But my, um, you know, I, I often will wear all black, mock turtleneck. I've got a curly kind of fro-looking thing with a goatee and <laughs> thick-rimmed glasses, and he's describing and it perfectly. <laughs> I'll, you know, I try and go for the stereotypical. I don't know, like 
jazz influenced you know what i imagine somebody it, yeah. from the 60s who is doing okay. what i'm doing might might wear you know what i mean or, okay. or or look like because it's part of the brand you know i'm not going to go out on stage in ripped jeans and a cut off t-shirt mm-hmm. and play motown you know it just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily make sense so when you're thinking about the visual image of your art you just want to be conscious about it. And I'm not saying that you have to prescribe to the stereotypes because there are people who do the opposite. So like Amy Winehouse is a wonderful example. Okay. Amy Winehouse, when you listen to her music, she sounds like a throwback soul, R&B, retro, Motown-inflected R&B singer, you know? Yes. But then you see her image and it's tattoos and streaked eye makeup <laughs> and almost this like punk rock look. Yes. And that disconnect was part of her artistic charm oh so the visual element of it is one of the things that that i think made her turn heads you mm-hmm. know when, mm-hmm. when you hear that voice coming from that person you're like oh whoa yeah you know so so i'm not saying that new artists have to prescribe to the the go-to thing for their genre or what the audience would expect but i am just saying to be thoughtful about it and, okay. and and be consistent about it. And I think the, the key that you said there is thoughtful. You really have to think this through before you go ahead and do it. Yes. You know, and and maybe just a little more a little experimenting. You know, go on social media and, and you know get responses and feedback from your listeners and mm-hmm. your your followers and you can probably get some good ideas from that in particular. Yeah. Or if you have or sometimes they need to see, so maybe give them a couple options. And people love giving their feedback, so you know you would get a, a, a good way of you know give a good idea of what you should do with your photo. Yeah, yeah. Or, okay. or you know, find your favorite artists and figure out what they did. So, like for me, there's a drummer named David Garibaldi who was the drummer for Tower of Power, and he had the big curly hair back in the day. And there's a guy named Lenny Pickett who was their saxophone player, who was one of my teachers in college. And he had the big curly <laughs> Jew-fro-looking thing back in the day. And then there's Questlove of the Roots who's got the big fro on TV playing drums. And, and so you're kind of drawn to these, aren't you? <laughs> well, it was just one of those things where when I'm looking at, at people who have done all the things that I want to do, I am kind of taking notes. You know what I mean? Okay, and, and drawing from different aspects. That's just one one aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean you can kind of mix and match and combine – or work completely against that image, mm-hmm. you know. But again, like you're saying, thoughtfulness definitely has to okay. go into it. All right. So the photo is a big part of your EPK, mm-hmm. and and I would imagine those photos need to be high res. Yes. Yeah. Especially because um, in the in the formal term of electronic press kit, if you're sending them to press, mm-hmm. they have to be able to make it a magazine spread okay. or print it in a newspaper because as much as younger people might not think about it because they're not necessarily the ones picking up the physical copy of the mm-hmm. newspapers, that stuff is still a big deal. Okay. And if you're out on the road playing a show in Cleveland, Ohio, and you get placed in the Cleveland Plain Dealer in their newspaper, they need a high-res photo. Okay. Yeah. What's uh, Do you know the numbers on it that it should be or anything? You know, I don't off the top okay. of my head. Um but um, high resolution, though. high res, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. You probably find find on that on the yes, line as well. yes. All right, that is not my expertise, but <laughs> that's I, okay. I have uh, hired plenty of my friends who are amazing <laughs> photographers to take great photos. Yeah, and, get and, me and probably high, the yeah. photo on your smartphone wouldn't work. 
Well, it depends. Or, I mean, it depends on. So, as far as what's high res, it's all about. I believe the the amount of pixels in the image. Right. And so instead of measuring an image in inches of how large it is or whatever, digitally they measure it in how many pixels it is. And so the larger amount of pixels you've got in your dimensions, the, the further you can zoom in without it getting distorted. Okay. Okay. And that's that's the big thing is like, can you stretch this out and make it a big image and have it still be crisp? Gotcha. Yeah, okay. that's what you really need. Um, okay. And then obviously, you know, it's the, do you want them to see your face or do you want it to be a mysterious thing like Daft Punk where, you know, it's masks and you don't see the person's mm. face or do you want it to be a smoky jazz club room, black and white noir with, you know, the the face kind of obfuscated by a hat and steam in the image or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. those artistic decisions also play into it. Um but like my go-to image right now on social media is a real cheesy photo of me smiling, playing drumsticks, surrounded by my studio gear, where it's drums, piano, mm-hmm. microphone, because I'm really focusing on my career as a producer-songwriter at the moment. And that sends yeah. that message when you see all that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What message yeah. do I want to send in my photo that will be in my EPK? Exactly. Okay, perfect. All right. So photo, what else do we need in this kit? Uh, I think that – the bio is something that is also super important. And so this is half and half. Uh, 50% of it is probably telling the story of the band or the artist um, and giving actual, just genuine information. Like Where, background story type mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah, and also, you know, what what they're aiming to do. Um, especially if you're a new artist. You know, you want to be genuine about your goals. Okay. Um, and so in that comes part of the second half of this, which is trying to describe the art itself. And um, there's a quote out there that says, it says something like, writing about music is like dancing about architecture, Hmm. where it's like, it's so hard to do, but it's not impossible. Um, And there are wonderful people out there who can articulate music in the written word. Um, So for example, you wrote a cookbook. Right. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Years ago with my um, sisters. Wow. Yeah, I, wow. I, I I did my research before I came. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I, I know that I know that Pam wrote a cookbook, and so <laughs> so in your cookbook, as when you're trying to articulate food, you can't just say this is it tastes good or this is delicious, right? Because that means different things to different people, and That's so right. when you're writing about an artistic concept when you're using opinion words Uh it gets dangerous because that's your opinion but if you say this food has you know a sweet taste with a hint of salt in the aftertaste and the consistency is somewhere between flan and a brownie and it's or whatever you know what i mean but those are those are hard facts yes exactly yeah and so i know so many young artists where there are two things they want to say. First, they want to say, this music is amazing. Of course. Let let the listener decide that. But second of all, they want to say, this music is like nothing you've ever heard before. This music is groundbreaking, completely original. Um, and the issue with that is it doesn't tell the reader anything about what it actually sounds like. Yes. Where if you use hard facts, so Drew Schultz writes, um, you know, original soul music in the vein of 
classic Motown, but with the crisp production values of a Leon Bridges or Mayor Hawthorne. Okay, so now I know what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm being very specific and and I'm combining disparate influences and admitting to those influences to paint a picture. But it's also a marketing thing Mm -hmm. because if somebody likes Motown, Leon Bridges and Mayor Hawthorne, Mm -hmm. they might say, oh, I want to check this out. But if they like uh, the Ramones or Slipknot or – Rage Against the Machine, they might be like, ah, eh, maybe this one's not for me. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But but being specific and being descriptive within the bio is super important because if all you do is say, this cake is the best cake you've ever eaten, it's amazing, you're not actually describing anything. And you won't get someone's attention and then they won't, they may not read on any further or not even check out your music, as you said. I, I really, you know, and I see a lot of bios from artists, you know, I have a couple different shows that I'm, you know, book artists on and, and so I, you know, I read about, especially if I don't know someone and it just, I get irritated when it's like, Fluff word after fluff word. It's like yes. I still don't know what you're about. Mm-hmm. That it, you know, <laughs> a little pet peeve of mine. It's like, tell me what you're about. You know, tell, you know, I have to either just forget the bio and just go read, or, or excuse me, go see a video or hear the music. Mm-hmm. But you know, give me you. You've got a chance. You've got my attention, and I'm reading your bio. Make it good. You yes. know, so I know what you're all about. Yeah, and, and don't be, um, you know, don't be humble. Don't write your bio from the first perspective. You know, don't say, I am this. I Mm. sound like these artists. I want to do this with my music. You need to say, Artist A is a new up-and-coming artist from Detroit whose uh, music is a fresh combination of Artist B and Artist C. And uh, Artist A has already performed at Venue 1, 2, and 3 and recorded with this other person or has been a sideman for so long and is now striking out as a solo artist or whatever it may be. Well, plus the if if uh, uh, well, not too many newspapers now, but the news feeds, if they want to use that, they can copy it. Yeah. But if it's in the eye, then it doesn't make sense to put it in their paper. Yeah, it's almost like a press release. You know, when you're in the journalistic world, um, a lot of the times when a – company is trying to announce a project or announce an event or whatever, they will write up almost an entire journalistic article about the who, what, where, when, why, and how that is then distributed to press sources. And Mm -hmm. some press sources make a new article just based on that information. Some follow up and ask for a further interview or a press appearance. Some press outlets just copy and paste that press release and put it out in their paper. And so what you're doing is by being thorough in your bio – you are not you're, – you're doing the work of the venue and the venue promoter or the record label who has to then go and, and promote you. You're doing their work for them. Making Which it they easier. like. Exactly. Yes. You're making yes. it easier for them. If you can make it easier for them, you're way ahead of the game. <laughs> yes. If you're a new artist and you yes. want to book a gig, if you have your own bio already written, the venue doesn't have to try and write a bio mm-hmm. for you. And so you are more likely to get booked. Because it's less work that they have to do. Because they already have a lot of work to do. It's it's amazing oh, yes. to, to try and book people. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can make it easier for them, it, you know, why not make it easier for them? You know, what's yeah, you, absolutely. You've got you've got the tools there. Make it easy for them to want to promote you and have you on and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and I would also suggest, on the bio standpoint of an EPK, have two or even three versions ready. The oh. the several sentence. The, the elevator pitch 
Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, right, right. Uh, that version where it's just a blurb, uh, maybe the one paragraph version, and then the one where you get to be as long and as obnoxious as you want. So like <laughs> – like, To you, indulge yourself, yeah. I guess. You know? <laughs> well, because you know, if, if it's your personal website or your personal Facebook, you know, you might have the first paragraph of your bio be that 30-second elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And then if you have true fans, if you're building a base of people who really care about the art you're doing – they want to know all that stuff. Yes. Oh, you yeah. Know, I love I, – I will buy new CDs sometimes of, a, of an album that I already own just because there's a 50-page booklet with mm. amazing photos and interviews with the band and new information that I never knew about this music that I love. Oh, yeah. And, and so I'm not even buying it for the music. I'm <laughs> buying it for the packaging and the, and the, the, the info that's there. And, well, it's funny because I'm several years older than you uh, and – we used to get the albums and, you know, it was the liner notes and the sleeve inside that, you know, mm-hmm. we would just sit on, put the, put the needle down on the, the record and, and just, and read all of that. So same thing. Yeah. You know, once you get a fan, they'll, they'll read the long one that you can. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. 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 But have the short one for the person who's just getting hooked too. You know, don't yes. give them the whole meal. A little, little, to, there you exactly, go. The yeah. appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have the appetizer, then the entree. Exactly. Exactly. And then the wrap up is your dessert. So, yeah. Okay. You mentioned. Mentioned um, with the bio. I don't know if anything else you want to say on the bio, but I think you've um, covered most of it. That's oh. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned the press release. So should you have a separate press release as well or have them just use what is in your bio? It depends what you're doing. So so I normally – like when I'm releasing a new project personally for myself, mm-hmm. I always write a press release about that specific Okay. Single or album or what, even if it's a new music video, if it's something I'm trying to get press for. Um, but then I'll use my 30-second elevator pitch bio within that press release. Okay. So I might open it and you know have the short headline and say, Sideman for Motown Legends releases new single you know, featuring so-and-so. That's the headline. And then, and then the first <laughs> paragraph is Drew Schultz is a young you know, songwriter, producer, drummer educator who has worked with blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And that's my, that's my elevator pitch. You know, uh-huh. his music is a combination of, like we said, the classic Motown songwriting aesthetic with the modern production values of today's contemporary soul stars, such as Leon Bridges, Mayor Hawthorne, fill in the blank, you know, the people who, who are doing what I want to do right now. Um, and okay. then I'll launch into coming up on Saturday, Drew's mm-hmm. releasing a new song featuring so-and-so. And actually, this Saturday, I am releasing a song with <laughs> Allie McManus, who's a singer-songwriter. And, and that's almost exactly the language I've used in promoting it. But that is separate from the EPK. The EPK okay. is like a, a single source thing that exists for all time. You can go back and update it, you know? Right. But it's your one-stop shop for um, for for the larger aspects of, I want to book a show. Okay. You know what I mean? Or I want to... It's like your resume. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like a long-form business card at the end of the day. A long-form. A long-form <laughs> business card. Exactly. You okay. know, and, and yeah, a good business card has the picture, has your name, what you do, contact information. Right. You know what I mean? Right, it's right, same right. kind of thing. But with the EPK, because it's electronic, you also have the opportunity to include work samples. Okay. So that would be the next thing you put in there. Yes, okay. for sure. Um, and so – Best way to do the sample – uh, it depends. I mean, what media? I I am personally, I believe that video rules all at the moment. Okay. Um, it used to be 
that a photo and audio was good enough. Mm -hmm. But now because of YouTube, because our cell phones have cameras that are better than anything we could buy 10 years ago, it's so easy to create good video. Um, And so if you can get good video with a solid audio signal, that you want that. Okay. You know what I mean? You don't want the audio to be loud and distorted like you're cranking the speaker up too high and Mm -hmm. it starts to get fuzzy. So make sure it's a clear signal. But but video rules all. And, and a good video with okay sound these days uh-huh. is a better tool for you when you're first starting out than good audio with no video. Okay. Makes sense. Especially yeah. these people that are booking. They want to see how you're going to perform, you know, yes. because if you're sitting up there like a, you know, stiff <laughs> – Twang, twang, you know, just on your guitar and you're not moving, you're no, you know, hardly any expressions or whatever. That doesn't come across in just an audio file. You've got to, they want to see how do you perform. And And, and for a lot of new artists, this sounds intimidating because it sounds like the, the snake eating its tail conundrum where it's like, how do I get good video of me showing how I am on stage if I haven't booked my first show Mm -hmm. to get the video of me performing on stage? Right. So I always tell, tell like, especially young artists, I'm like, just do it yourself, you know? So think about who's, who's your best friend who has the biggest, nicest living room or <laughs> yeah. basement that you can think of okay. where they can fit 20 to 30 people sitting on the floor. Okay. You know, throw a house show. And even if you only play three songs, you can say, come and hang out at this music party. And if you get a bunch of your musician friends together, you can say, we're going to hang out, bring two of your favorite songs, and we'll have a listening party, and we can all talk about why we like this music, and then my band is going to play three songs, and or whatever it is, to get 30 of your friends in the room, mm-hmm. and then record that. And that is a fine beginner way to start it, because if you yeah. look at one of the most successful artists in the jazz realm right now, it's their name is Snarky Puppy. Uh-huh. They I like do, the name. Yeah, they're, and they're amazing. <laughs> they're like a massive band. Now they've won Grammys and worked with major artists. Okay. They, they've blown up now. But when they were first starting out, they would rent out venues. And instead of throwing a show, they would throw a live recording. Oh. And so they would give headphones out to all the people in the audience. And it might only be 40 or 50 people, but mm-hmm. they'd be surrounding the band. And so you'd see the drummer playing and like right behind him are three audience members watching this drummer like – with, and you can see the looks on their faces where the crowd's just like, these guys are amazing. And and they kind of – those videos still get millions of views on YouTube and stuff. What's the point of the headphones? I mean – So the audience can hear the, the recording feed instead of the live sound. Oh. But they don't even – I mean you don't even have to do that as a new artist. Okay. But I'm just using them as a good example of a non-conventional – video of them performing that helped them blow up and get massive well you can invite your friends say i'm gonna have beer and pizza come and just listen you know <laughs> exactly. you're, then you'll have a room full exactly you know? <laughs> yeah or if you're under 21 oh, yeah beer yes exactly. there yeah. you go there you but, go. <laughs> but but same thing where it's like just do it yourself first you know don't try and, and don't try and jump from rehearsing in your basement to playing the Fox Theater mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> because the the worst feeling in the world is booking a big show and not having people show mm. up. That's oh, scary. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been there. Um, and um, just recently I released a live album at 20 Front Street in Lake Orion, which is about a hundred person capacity venue. Mm-hmm. This was the first show that I had ever done that was just my name, no featured artists, no 
we didn't use Motown in the in the show title. Like it wasn't a tribute okay. to Motown. Testing it, it, it with just your with name, just okay. my name, right. and I was sweating up until the minute that I realized that it was going to be sold out. It was about twenty minutes before showtime. Where the guys who own the venue came to me and they're like, yep, we sold a last ticket. Well, to that's a great up. venue then and they yeah. do a great advertising and so they were yeah. probably helpful. <laughs> they were super helpful. I mean and I, I did a lot of it. Uh, we It was a true team effort. I mean I was paying for Facebook advertisements and all that kind of stuff. And I mean you mm-hmm. you do want to put – you want it to be a partnership between you and the venue, a true honest-to-goodness partnership because yeah. simultaneously you're playing to the venue's – crowd of people to build a new fan base but you are also bringing your fan base to the venue for them to experience that venue right, right. and it has to be a mutual benefit or one side of it's going to walk away feeling yeah. like they got um jilted and, and it happens all the time i know musicians who are like everybody who was in that room i brought them myself and we split the tickets 50 50 mm. with the venue and and they didn't bring anybody and now i'm mad and i'm never playing there again mm. and, and i know venues where they're like that band didn't bring anybody and we're not having them back <laughs> yeah thus you need you know again do just do a small start out small you yeah. know get these videos up there so and be enterprising you know if you do it for root beer and pizza and you first buy the root beer and pizza if people come and they love it and they have a good time next time charge 5 bucks there you go and they have to buy the pizza Okay. Now you're making some money. You know what I mean? Without ever having a middleman of of the venue in there. And, and that that DIY mentality at first will do two things. First of all, it'll it'll give you your sea legs as a new artist getting used to promoting a show, recording this collateral that we're talking about mm-hmm. for the EPK. And then also you're building a buzz. So when you right. do move over to the professional venues, you've got a built-in crowd that's, that wants to see you. Um, yeah, house shows are no joke. House shows are a serious step in great, in, great for new artists and you know getting yeah. their foot in the door. Getting, I, and getting I need to do video. more house shows as an artist. You know, it's <laughs> well, let's for sure. let's. What about um, on this same thing with the videos? Okay, mm-hmm. so someone is an established musician and they've done hundreds of shows, you know, and just in all different arenas, all different venues. Mm-hmm. So, wh- what's so? Is there a limit of how many videos you should put up? I mean, you want to. Same thing with the elevator pitch for the bio. You want to have your one that you know is going to be Mm. the – if you had to choose one, that's the one. Okay. Um, So for example, I, from my band, rented the dime venue stage and pretty much – not faked, but we did like a a video recording where it looks like a live show. Mm -hmm. But it never shows the audience. There's nobody there. It was a true soundstage recording where we did a couple takes of each song to get the best takes. Um to make sure it sounded right. Right. And then we edited the thing together into this 12-minute long video that has snippets of songs Mm -hmm. and narration. But it opens with this 10-second snippet of, um, uh, my name is Drew Schultz and we are The Broken Habits. I am a drummer, songwriter, producer who's worked with blah, 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 blah. We are Detroit Soul Band playing Detroit Soul Music and keeping the legacy alive. And then it immediately goes into one of our songs. So within... I think it's 40 or 50 seconds of that 12-minute video. The mm-hmm. person who's watching the video knows exactly what they're going to get. Okay. They know they know the history, a little bit about the history. They've heard some of the the music already and they know, yeah, we're like a jazz-inflected soul funk jam band kind of thing playing Motown music and original songs. And and so 
it's it's real quick. But then if the person really likes it, there's a whole 11 minutes after that that they can watch if they right. want to. Right. But if not, they already know our venue books punk rock. This probably isn't the right band for us. What you about know what I mean? Yeah. What about bands that have been they're established? They've played many of the venues in the area. Um, but, you know, they still more than likely want to stretch out. You know, they're tired mm-hmm. of being in southeast Michigan, for yeah. example, and they really need to grow. I, I would so, do exactly that. OK. Yeah, I, I would I would. Take your best videos and create a true, honest-to-goodness pitch video out of those videos that you love Mm -hmm. to be the one video that you then push out. So in other words, snippets from different songs might be better than just one song is what you're saying. Gotcha. Yes, absolutely. Especially if they're just – you know, maybe they're – you you do only do one genre, for example, and Mm -hmm. you know, but there's different – there's ballads. There's, you know, the the higher pitch, whatever. So give them a good snippet of the And it could be 30 seconds of each song That's ingenious. five or six songs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's – you know, that's a a pretty typical EPK move for a band in a booking – process and then after that you can say if you want to check out more mm. here's a full song from us playing at this venue here's a full song from us playing at this venue you know so the more you do the more content you create the more you have to draw from but you still want to have that initial front pocket shallow dive yes. of <laughs> here's my elevator pitch here's my my promo video where you don't even have to watch the whole promo video to know what you're going to get you know and the and the snippets are long enough that you have to figure out, and I, you maybe you know this, but you know how long a person will listen before they either tune out or turn it off. Mm-hmm. So that maybe two seconds or three seconds less than that, you go into the next thing, yeah. And it's like, oh, there's something new here, you know, to keep them engaged and hear more and more yeah. of what you've got. Yeah. No, we are we are definitely a um, social media scrolling yeah. society yes. now, <laughs> yeah. where if you if you don't keep someone's attention. They're going to move on to the oh, next Oh, absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So video, we've got that. Um, all right. So, so uh, what else do we need now in our EPK? So you've got your good photo. You've got your bio. You've got your sample of the work that you do. Uh, the next thing you need uh, is really just contact information. Okay. Yeah. And, I, I would imagine some people forget to do that and don't realize that, that no one can reach them. That is yeah. so important. And make it make it easy. You know, have a phone number. My suggestion is even if it's a Gmail account, have a dedicated professional email yes. address that yes. is separate from the email address that you get your Kroger coupons and <laughs> CBS receipts sent to. You know, have yes. it, have a whole separate inbox of just correspondence between um, you and booking agents or other bands to play with or mm-hmm. recording studios or whatever. Okay. Um, it's just music. Okay. And so in your contact field, allow someone to reach you by phone or by digital. Um, if you provide a phone number, listen to your emails and, or your voicemails. Excuse me. Make sure you check your voicemails. Yes. yes. Um, I can't Regularly. tell you. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> even my voicemail, my voicemail actually fills up. And if I don't check it, I get yelled at. And it's like, your voicemail is full. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. I gotta... Well, that's annoying to someone like myself who calls someone. And it's like they can't take any more messages. Like, yep. what? Okay. Yep. I'm sorry. That, no, no. It, it, it happens. It absolutely it's, happens. Yeah. It, that, and that'll turn off a venue or someone that's interested in, you, in your music. That'll turn them off and just go to the next guy. Yeah. And, so, you know, yeah. Make, make, yeah. Make, a, uh, make a professional voicemail message as well. Make sure you say, hey, you've reached Drew Schultz. Thank you so much for calling. I'm sorry that I missed you. Please leave your name and your phone number and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And, and, and just make – so they know they 
reach the right person. Right, yes. Because if they get the automated one, it's like, you've reached the voicemail of area code. And you're three, like, one, should I leave three. a message? I yeah. don't know if I have the right person. Yeah, yes. if you misdial yeah. the number, you're like, did I get the right person? And then you redial it again. You know, okay. Exactly. So, <laughs> so oh, here's a yeah, thought. Yeah. Uh, as a musician, why don't you sing your message? I'm not a singer. <laughs> okay. But I'm thinking <laughs> a musician, wants to hear that. that would be cool. Yeah. Because yeah. they can hear you. <laughs> Uh, that's just another marketing toy there that, that you is, sing your message when someone calls you. That's smart. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, see, <laughs> if I was a singer, I would take that and do it right now, but I'm not going to do that because I would lose business from that one. Well, you can start out with a little drum beat then and to get their attention. Then you can yeah, talk. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Um, All right. How about some tips? Uh, I mean, you've covered a lot of good stuff here, but some simple tips that, you know, just to make it a more polished, you know, any last minute tips that you would have. Um, I mean, to me, if I go to, uh, you know, an EPK and it's just all over the place, you mm-hmm. know, that just drives me crazy. You know, I, make it simple. I would, mm-hmm. we already, you already mentioned that, you know, make it simple so that, people can find what they're looking for what other yeah. things can you suggest yeah make make it accessible um so like even on my facebook profile image for my business page i actually have my website address in the image okay yes so no one has to dig to find out how to contact me directly they can just go they're like oh this is his website i can go straight there yeah um you know and you could do that with email as well but make sure that the contact details are not hard to find mm-hmm. that's a big one um, if you're emailing work samples, don't email them as attachments. If you if someone asks to hear a sample, send them a link to be streamed. So okay. send them a link to a YouTube video or a SoundCloud, um, you know, audio file or something. That way, you're not cluttering up their email. Well, and inbox. people don't like to, um, you know. Open attachments either. They don't know. That's true. You know, yeah. nowadays it's like a lot of times people see attachment and they don't even go there. So a link is definitely yeah. better. And don't be afraid to use a long link because now that, that there's so much questionable things being sent where it's an email and a link and you click the link and you get a virus or whatever, there are, there are things that shorten links. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to have a long YouTube link where the person can clearly say, oh, I'm going to YouTube.com. So I, I okay. know what this is. Okay. Um, cause some of those link shorteners will They're change like it. They're like bit.ly or something. Yeah. 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 And, and I love bit.ly for some things like social media posts where you only have a certain amount of characters. Right. But when I'm just emailing a promoter who's already asked to hear something of mine, I don't care if it's a hundred characters <laughs> in just the link. I don't want them to have It's to not like they have is. to, you know, try to look, type it all in, just a one click yeah, anyway. So exactly. it doesn't matter. Exactly. No big deal. So, um, okay. So that would be, be one thing. And, oh, and, and on that same note, don't send me a zip file. Yeah. I mean that's just yeah you got because you got so many more clicks to me to yeah. get into a zip file. That no, seems a I, little I, more... I say wait until someone asks you for a physical thing before you send them a physical okay. thing. Okay, because like we were talking about the high res photos, sometimes a high res photo is eighty megabytes, which is way too big for an email. Yeah, then you need to use something. Okay. but 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 you don't send someone that high res photo right off the gate. You know what I mean? Like wait for the the press person to say, hey, I need a high quality okay. photo. And then figure out how to get it to Yeah. It, and if you – that's another way. If they have to contact you, say, you know, hey, go ahead. I would like to have your photos. Mm-hmm. You know, then you've got a conversation going, which is right. the key you want, right. you know, to have that conversation started. Um, what about um, – should you have a CTA, a call to action in your EPK? Is that something that musicians do or not? Maybe. It depends what you're going for. Um, so for example, my website has several different pages. One of them is for booking lectures, sessions, 
you know, private lessons or whatever. Okay. And that does end with a click here to see Drew's rates and book a, a lesson or book a, an appearance or whatever. Okay. And that is a call to action. But I only send people to that website, that part of my site directly if they're like, hey, do you teach? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So, okay. So when you're doing the traditional EPK – you might just have the call to action be very vague. Be say say something like to get in touch with artist A if you want to book a show, um, or to book them for a recording. Send us an email or call us at here. You know what I mean? Click here. Yeah, you might do that. Um, it just depends. It depends on what you're going for. But make it vague enough that you can send it to anybody. That you can send it to a radio station. That you can send it to a newspaper okay. for press appearances. That you can send it to a record label if you're trying to get your stuff. Uh, distributed and, and mm-hmm. released that you can send it to a venue if you're trying to get booked because those are all different calls to action. Right. So okay. make sure that it's like get in very touch with us here. You generic, know what I mean? Very exactly. generic. Exactly. But, but at least something because again, it's make it yeah. easy for them. Then unless you are opening the Pam Rossi Cooking School, you know what I mean? Then that's that's direct enough that you're like I can't believe you brought that up. That know, was years but, ago. Oh but my goodness. That's when it's like you know, hey. In, to learn more about cooking your favorite dish, contact us here because that is specific enough. Okay. You know, but yeah. but when you're in the profession at a freelance level and you are playing your own shows as an artist, backing up other artists on stage as a sideman, producing records for people, producing your own records, mm. appearing on other people's records, teaching – Whoa! <laughs> you know that call to action. You can't just say book me for a lesson if I'm sending it to promote my next release because right, right. the newspaper doesn't care about that. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Unless you're unless you do that, you know, um, like you said, just specifically put that press release out because that is what you're trying to do. Then that's a different story. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and then the only the biggest advice. I'm sorry, this is the end of the podcast, and I'm getting to the big thing right now is that my personal opinion is that perfect does not exist. There is no such thing as perfect. Every single artist at every single level at some point says, this is good enough for me to put out there. I could work on this a little bit more, but this is good enough. Even D'Angelo took like a decade between records, but he finally was like, yeah, this is, this is it. It's, it's done. I'm going to put it out there. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And yes. you can always go back and change it, especially when you are – if it's your website, if it's your Facebook that you're sending people to or, mm-hmm. or Instagram. Instagram is dangerous because you don't have that much static information. Okay. Facebook, you can at least have a static bio, a static whatever. Right. But, um, you know, don't be afraid to say this is good enough and I'm going to send this out now because you've got to start somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, you can constantly be getting ready to get ready and then you go nowhere, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, get yeah. it in there because you got to, you know, got to get that first one booked anyway. So that's. Just get it out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, start throwing the darts. <laughs> even if that first video is a cell phone video of your buddy holding your cell phone camera and recording you playing, and that's your first video for the yeah. EPK. If it's good enough, it's, it's good, good enough. enough to start. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you'll only get better stuff as time goes on. But if you wait forever to get that perfect thing, you're not booking shows. Right. Right. And you're not recording. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. got to start somewhere and you may as well just get it out there. And, and like you said, you can always tweak it and you come up with a better video, just replace yeah. it with the one that's in there. Exactly. No one knows the difference. Exactly. You know, it, you know that wasn't the one you started with or, you know. Yeah. Whatever, and so. then the other thing, and this just goes hand in hand with the EPK idea is don't get discouraged. You know what I mean? Um, I always tell the story about Babe Ruth, 
Babe Ruth is famous for having the most home runs, but a lot of people don't know that he also held the record for strikeouts, Mm -hmm. which meant that he was just swinging as hard as he could at every stupid thing that came along, whether or not he hit it. And and you have to have that mentality because if you don't swing, you're not going to hit. Well, on that note, I'm going to say, because you mentioned Babe Ruth, (laughs) I'm going to say this. It's kind of like on the marketing end, but Babe Ruth, and I only know this because I um, voice audiobooks and they – he, I read the book, you know, about Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. He sent them, he sent postcards to all the press saying, Hey, did you see this guy, Babe Ruth? Check him out. That's how he got so big. You know? Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's not music, but anyway. All right. So thank you so much for coming in. Great information. Something very important with your EPK. I was just say that slower. So I was like, EPK, your electronic press kit. Andrew Schultz, my guest today, uh, explaining all of that and uh, artist as well. So where can people find you if they'd like your information? Yeah. So um, you can find me personally at dsdrums.com. Uh, Dime has an open house on Saturday, June 22nd from 1 to 3 p.m. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Motown Museum is hosting summer camps for grades 8 through 6 uh, as well as 9 through 12. Uh, they cost 20 bucks for two weeks, and they are music That's camps. All? That's all. Wow. Uh, and then Dime also has a camp the last week of June, which is coming up quick. So you can find me at all those places. <laughs> awesome. We appreciate you coming in and some great information. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, we'll do this another one. We'll get you back in. Here. you got some great <laughs> information. Out. I'll yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Drew Schultz. I'm Pam Rossi. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the business of the music business. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you would leave a review, that would be great. Find out more. Just follow me on Facebook and uh, my website, hamrossi.com. Have a great week.